Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Are we having the real Pologia or the cartoon? Well, that's for me to know and for you to find out, isn't it? I'm not telling you yet. It's none of your business. It's a surprise. You'll have to wait and see. So, I've had loads of messages asking me why there was no video yesterday. I have had a bit of a nightmare a couple of days. I had my camera break down on me. The battery pack died. I drove all the way to Cardiff because the Cardiff Camera Centre told me they had one in stock. They lied. So, I was in a mad panic about even getting this stream going tonight, let alone, um, let alone recording any content yesterday. Sorry, I'm slacking. But anyway... Do you want to know whether it's the real Pologia or whether it's the cartoon version? Well, it's the real one, obviously. Good evening, Paul. How are you, pal? I'm doing all right. Or is it? Is the real cartoon? Is the cartoon the real me? Or or is it Mm. (laughs) CGI? You know, it could be. It could be any or all of the above. Um. So. You watched the Aaron Ra stream on Sunday, you said, so you kind of know what the show's about. Um, I'm not going to lie, I found that show massively intimidating. It's nice Uh to have somebody on who I feel is a bit more, um, a bit less scary. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. A little little bit less scary. But it turns out that Aaron was a really, really nice guy, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a great person. Uh, salt of the earth, great. Yeah, but yes, he looks like a Disney villain, so it's he does, he does, and I just found it all very intimidating. But once, once we sort of met on screen, it was simple from there. He was very, very easy, very easy to speak to, very difficult Absolutely. to understand for me. And in anyway, person, you just give him hot food and uh, and a pint or something, and and it's, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, but anyway. Obviously, everybody watching this now that knows you know you make um, content about religion, uh, young earth creationists, etc. Etc. Before we get into that nonsense, mm-hmm. I have found out that you're a really big Star Wars guy. Well, that depends on what you mean, but yes, I uh, <clears throat> my life has my life has revolved around Star Wars quite a bit, and Star Wars, yeah. you know paid for my house so that, that's yeah. always good yeah yeah no i used to uh i used to work for lucasfilm back in the day yeah yeah as i was reliably informed so <laughs> i had the pleasure about two years ago of having c andrew nelson on uh okay. stream with me is that somebody you know because i know he used to work for iml and then lucas arts i don't know Right, I I don't recognize the name. ILM was a pretty big division, so when we were in the heyday of, like, ILM would expand to 1,500 employees, depending on the film. I remember when I was there, we were working concurrently on Star Wars and the Pirates of the Caribbean films and Harry Potter films all at once at ILM. So there would be big divisions that didn't even really talk to each other. So if they weren't specifically on Star Wars, uh, LucasArts, though, that would be the video game company where I also did work. So if I'm not sure if we overlapped in... Yeah, yeah. I know he does. Um, he played uh, Darth Vader in um, some of the video game versions. Um, he oh, cool. goes. He goes around a lot of conventions, um, doing meet meet and greets. And he, you know, when they he explained it far better than I'll ever be able to explain it on stream. But 
You know when they did sort of not remakes of the original Star Wars trilogy, but there were extended versions and the, the special editions from like '97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was one of the actors that played Darth Vader in the additional scenes that Darth Vader oh, was in. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, he was very nice guy, and it was very interesting conversation. But that's not what you. That's not what we are mm-hmm. here to talk about. But who is your favorite Star Wars character, either from? canon or the expanded universe have you got a favorite uh my my, i guess my single favorite is is a little bit lame i mean it's luke luke is my favorite my second favorite was was boba fett but the new series has me doubting that so yeah not not in love with the where his character is going so i'll have to watch and see but no luke's my favorite so what do you think from the expanded universe mara jade who who married luke ah so what do you think of the the latest Star Wars films, the ones that have been made by Disney. Are you a Star Wars purist that hates them, or are you a Star Wars fan like me that just likes anything that has anything to do with Star Wars? Uh, somewhere between. So having worked on episodes one, two, and three, I certainly know what it's like to work on films that at the time aren't incredibly popular. At the time, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you recall, but there was you know a lot of backlash against those as well. And how much work goes into it. And, you know, so part of me is the general empathy for the, the task that Disney had. Um, I enjoyed, I found something to enjoy in all of them, which is probably true of you. You probably found things to enjoy yes. in them. Um, but I unfortunately wish that they had more of a plan. I feel at the end of the day, like 7, 8, and 9, they didn't sit down and have a three movie arc plan like George did for four, five and six and one, two and three. Yeah. And that therefore it suffered from some meandering and some storylines that didn't gel and just some messaging problems. So um, they're not my favorite, but I, so I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just one of those people that if, if it's anything to do with star Wars, I'll enjoy it. Mm. purely because i can remember seeing the very first star wars film in 1977 i was five years old and i can remember going to watch it in the cinema and literally being hooked from that second basically Me too. it cha- changed my life absolutely the whole course of my life was set towards even working on those films yeah so absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm with you uh that said i'm so but the Star Wars TV has been crushing it generally. Yeah. And you know about the upcoming Kenobi series, I assume. Yeah, I am so excited for that. I literally right. so, can't so, wait. And it's my two boys. It's Ewan and Hayden, who I worked with on episodes one, two, and three, you know, coming back. Yeah. So that's thrilling. And, yeah. And, um, and the Ahsoka one looks pretty good. And, and anyway, but no, the kenobi is where it's at for me that's my, my whole my star wars hopes are pinned on that yeah yeah i am really excited about that yeah. um the only i'm thinking of the only thing I, I i did enjoy it but i found the mandalorian a little bit too far detached from star wars for, for me interesting so you kind of want your star wars to be in connected to the galactic struggle yeah and the Jedi stuff. I, yeah. I really, because I dug, I'm I'm a fan of Westerns. I mean, in general. And so like the whole Western feel of Mandalorian and just having other stories set in Star Wars is what I'd always hoped for. And I was, yeah. it's such a big universe. There should be gangster stories and there should be 
love stories and there should be silly story like there's you should be able to it's a big universe right you should be yeah. able to tell all these things so i'm a little disappointed actually when they try and make the universe smaller it's like oh why is luke showing up in mm. this series luke doesn't need to show up here or you know you don't need a jedi to tell this story i don't know but to yeah. each his own and and uh film is subjective tv is subjective and everyone enjoys different things and if you enjoy it you should enjoy it yeah exactly i couldn't agree more because it just really annoys me when people say oh that the the, the new star wars films are awful they're 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 not the, they're not meant to be the same they're meant to be different but i just think those people i don't know to me are they really real star wars fans because mm -hmm. Surely, if you were, you'd you'd be able to find something about them that you like. You should. I found I found something to like in all of them. And and the other thing is, you know, I've since I worked on them, I vividly remember how poorly episodes one, two, and three were received. And yet now, you know, that's kind of like the golden era. Oh, can we yeah. get back to episodes one, two, and three? So maybe just give these Disney ones time, and they'll yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Because I've got this this idea in my mind that will never happen, but for the original three to be remade. With, interesting with what can be done now you know as in what's being done in in the stuff that's being released now but you want like new actors so sort of the the like chris pine in star trek like the jj yeah, abram star trek yeah you yeah kind of thinking like recast everybody yeah 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 and then see if you know may, maybe that would make me hate something that isn't the traditional and original star wars i i don't know i don't know i you now you've derailed my whole thought process here but yeah. it would be a fun show um, fun show to like hey let's recast star wars and let's who which actors should play who and all that yeah you know, that, but we're, that's way off topic now but now my that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a project for for your discord server and those in the chat you can recast star wars yeah 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 exactly and anybody yeah. who casts me as c3po is getting banned from the channel just because right. i've got a shiny bald head it's um it's not the same thing and for degree of difficulty no marvel actors no <laughs> but anyway this isn't Ooh. a live stream about star wars as, no. as much as i'd like it to be so i'm trying to ask people questions so it's kind of a cross but everybody that watches uh me watches you i think they've got a certain amount of interest in how did how did you end up doing this so how did you decide to become a youtuber was that as a result of your conversion from christianity to atheism and you wanted to talk about it or was it just you wanted to be a youtuber and your personal beliefs took you down the path you've gone down uh, neither so um no? i did deconvert roughly those of you for very briefly i grew up my whole life uh mennonite uh very evangelical very fundamentalist um you know my whole i went to bible college uh i was in youth ministry i was in music ministry my whole life and then I had my weird deconversion process which is kind of well documented but so that happened before youtube uh but between when i deconverted and when i started doing youtube i um i was diagnosed with cancer all right. So this be so it's suddenly like a big downer, and I'm sorry, but it's not a downer because I'm fine now. All good. I have hair. It's all anyway. Um, I don't. <laughs> the so because my children and a lot of my loved ones, this all kind of happened all at once, and and 
it actually looked like I may not have a long time. And one of the things I wanted to do since the people in my life weren't willing to have religious conversations with me was to kind of leave a bit of a legacy in case I wasn't here of my new beliefs. And I was focused on young earth creationism at the start because I felt like that was a good place that I would have wanted to start with my loved ones in terms of they, you know, they also believe that. So uh, that was the impetus of starting the channel, uh, but also inspired by, you know, great YouTubers of, of the past, like, uh, like Logic, for example, was a big influence on me. Um, so YouTube became a way to do that. And one of the reasons I was a cartoon was because I looked pretty sick at the time. Like I looked ill and I knew that, you know, YouTube is a visual medium and you know the way you look matters. And so I felt like if I looked you know, like near death's door as I was giving the, the information that that would be a distraction from the message I wanted to yeah. give. So that's sort of the backstory of how, well, I had a back background in filmmaking and in animation and a lot of those things. So it was kind of like, oh, I can animate something you know, and, and cover up, just use my voice and cover up my, my appearance. Uh, didn't know I was going to be doing it for much longer than a few months. So, you know, and, and as you do, I was in the comic industry as well. I owned a comic book company and, and, uh, you know, you kind of draw yourself in the superhero style as, as one does. <laughs> so, and it's yeah. all, it's all this weird, but now I'm stuck with it. Now uh, I can't, I can't switch from, from the cartoon as you, even your viewers will test that that's kind of yeah. my signature at this point. So. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, you know, so you're obviously not a cartoon through shyness or anything. So you've kind of just pre-answered one of my questions, which was mm. why a cartoon. But um, do you, so you 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 think that you will always be a cartoon on YouTube because that's what your audience have come to love and come to expect, or we'll see. So this my goal this year is to work on and launch my second channel, which is called Pology Alive. Um, and that will be me sitting in this room doing a weekly live streaming type show that would go alongside my scripted animated stuff. And we'll see how the audience goes. So I'm going to give it a try. Maybe if the audience takes to it, then because uh, obviously it's a little easier to just talk to the camera than yeah. it is to to do all the other preparation that said i value precision especially on certain topics like scientific topics where and i think you've expressed the same i'm, I'm not an expert I, I i am very uh vigilant in looking things up and checking with other experts and making sure i got it right and so in that case i prefer to go off a script than to go you know off the cuff because i'd hate to make an error yeah in, in something yeah. that isn't my specific field so i kind of am hoping that this year launches my YouTube career such that it's kind of dual. I have my yeah. animated scripted ones and and this live stuff. So we'll see yeah. and we'll see how people yeah. react and Yeah. So is this what you're doing for a living now, uh Paul? Or no. No. No, it's it's but I'm getting close. Yeah. I'm I'm hopeful that is where I would like to be. Yeah. And I'm I'm getting I'm trying to put the all the pieces in place that that would be a thing. Yeah. So you know, if anyone's watching and really has way too much money on their hands, if they want to jump into my Patreon and help me with that, that'd be great. But yeah. Before, after, after you support Creaky first, of course. Yeah. Well, obviously. Um, obviously. But it's it. You know, it's it's the kind of thing I think people would be surprised just how, um, even with you not appearing on camera, the amount of work that goes into a video, and you were saying that you you know you look for 
look for per- perfection. I right. massively over-edit my videos. A lot of the editing I do in my videos is completely unnecessary. I mm-hmm. will sometimes spend three hours editing. I usually try to do some sort of, you know, hook, which is about 15, 20 seconds long. I can spend three hours just on that. Oh, sure. You know, easily, uh, hope, easily. Hopefully you enjoy the editing process. I mean, it is my favorite part is the editing process. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. But I'm... I, <laughs> I tried, so when I first started, everything was just off the top of the head. I would look up the science I needed and I would kind of glance back and forth and record that way and then chop it up and, you know, make it a coherent sentence. Well, semi-coherent anyway. (laughs) Then I thought, right, I'm going to start using a script. So I bought a teleprompter and, you know, I used that for a while. But I felt then as if my my videos had gone from what people were used to seeing to a sort of... Hello, it's me, the creaky blinder here. Mm. And today I felt mm. as if it had gone that way. Nobody said it had, and nobody had noticed that I'd started using the teleprompter. But um, I wasn't happy with it. So what I do now, any bits that I absolutely have to get right, so, you know, important information that is right. related to the topic I'm talking about, I will script that and I'll throw it up on the teleprompter and, you know, and read it word for word. Um, you, you near enough word for word anyway, but sure. I'm I'm trying to mix back into it now the the normal, you know, because if somebody says something, I quite often instantly think of a smart ass reply, and I was losing that when I was only scripting the videos. Sure, and um, you know, it's it's just finding what works for you, isn't it, and and running with that because. You know the the uh, is it ninety five thousand year on Paul? It's around that area, isn't subscribers? it? Subscribers, yeah, yeah, it's around that. Yeah, so I try not to look. You're clearly doing something right, then, aren't you? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because oh, oh. you don't garner an audience oh. of that size if people don't like what you do. Yes, although you know the the flip side of that is then you you also carry with that then expectations and it's a little harder to pivot sometimes so, yeah i know uh, so we'll see I but know. um i was just gonna say yeah like in terms of time often i just for my own sake and people ask you know how long does it take to put together a video and generally i'm about an hour per minute of my video so when i've put out something that's 40 minutes long i've generally put 40 hours into it yeah so yeah so your videos are they are they built from stock animations that you've already done or are you actually animating each video uh so the characters in the i've come up with a specific rig that i use for myself and my guests when we're cartoons and those are rigged so that it most of the like the blinking and the mapping to the audio that that is done algorithmically like so it's a specific program that i wrote that basically oh, right. creates these puppets uh that that i have to feed in you know the audio so if i have multiple people on the show i have to make sure that all the audio is recorded separately otherwise then what the wrong person's mouth is moving uh, at the certain times yeah and then um a bunch of the other animation is yeah is then keyframe done by me on a per episode basis depending on exactly what needs to be illustrated or that kind of thing um for, I've gotten a little better at um, some of my processes and figuring out 
in advance. Sometimes in the script, you can help myself by creating something that's going to be easier to animate than her or whatever. But yeah, uh, but no, it's all fun. And and I, I think I spend more time on the script, frankly, than scripting is the most important part for me. But also, I'm not a super fast writer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I'm and the same, and that's that's why I'm not a huge fan of only using a script because mm. it was taking me so long to write it that it was it wasn't doubling the amount of time each video took, but it was certainly adding about another third of the overall time on to the process, spread over more than one day, obviously. But you know, as it is now, you know, I get up in the morning, come into the studio. The video's all set up, ready to go, and I'll just record from most days I start recording about 7 or 8 a.m. And I finish, well, when when it's done type of thing. Right, yeah, I um, agree. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky in as much as, you know, I, I do own a business, um, but I don't actually work there. Um, but this is kind of all this is what i do full time now you know this is you know how i'm paying my bills and and so on nice. so i do get to dedicate you know a lot more time to it than some people because they've they've still got a you know a full time career and they're trying to juggle being a youtuber with um you know with whatever it is they they do for a living so um you know it's just yeah I, I don't know. Uh, you, you're clearly younger than me. Everybody's younger than me. So I don't know that that is necessarily true. No, I'm 49. See, you're wrong. Am I really? It's that luscious yeah. hair. Uh, I guess so. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a year older than you. Oh, you really? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised at that. I was, <laughs> I would have guessed you were around the sort of 30, 39, 40 mark. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. that way to, way to butter up your guests, I guess. Yeah. No. No. Really. 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 Anyway, because I, I have a hot girlfriend. That's why. <laughs> All right. Keep keeps you young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. But you know, the the other weird part about what you just described, though, is of yeah. course, I'm not. I'm terrible, and I'm guessing we're sounding enough alike that maybe you're also terrible at even trying to have a work life balance. <laughs> yeah. And sounds like sounds to me like like yeah like I'll. I made that one uh, video last fall where I recreated Star Wars out of non-Star Wars clips yeah. just to prove Jay Warner Wallace wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't sleep for like four or five days. And, yeah. my, and Shannon was a little unhappy that she became a, a YouTube widow for, for a little yeah. while. So yeah, I'm not... It's easy when you do it full-time, especially, I think, to 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 yeah. remember to you know go outside and to interact yeah. with things and i hope you're doing well with that yeah i probably it, it you're 100 accurate i probably spend about 12 hours a day in this three and a half by three meter box mm -hmm. with no windows no air conditioning and oh lots of hot lights shining down on me <laughs> Um, I've only got a I've only got a beanie hat on because I'm having a bad hair day, but it's certainly not for the temperature in <laughs> you. But um, yeah, so I my wife would um, would feel what Shannon is saying because, well, it's eight o'clock in the evening now. Yeah, you know, exactly. you should you know men of our age, Paul should be sat on the sofa now with a beer mm -hmm. watching Star Wars. 
Yeah, or something. That would be, uh, yeah, well, that I, would be nice, but sadly, that's not the case. You only get out to well, something for today, what you, you can put blame me because I made you, I made you change your schedule to accommodate my diva <laughs> schedule. So you can blame me today. That's okay, mate. No problem at all. Anyway, so let's start talking about what I've asked you to come on and talk about. I was going to ask you if there, I and I asked this to Aaron, I asked it to uh, Forrest. Was there like a pivotal moment that? made you switch from religion to atheism but i watched the the cover video on your channel mm -hmm. and you say it's ken ham's fault you're an atheist yes i do okay can Although you elaborate on that that's a little hyperbolic i like to you know even even in my first video i was a little bit understanding that you need to do some quick baiting and that sounds good but what what ken ham made me do was drop young earth creationism um so i I was on hiatus between projects and one of the things that really had bothered me from a previous project, those of you who hadn't heard my story, I, I was writing a graphic novel series named Neozoic and it involved dinosaurs. And as a young earth creationist, of course, uh, my, my ideas for dinosaurs didn't line up with the general public ideas for dinosaurs. And since I wanted to be selling this book to the general public, I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to look up some details about dinosaurs and throw some, throw a bone or two to those silly evolutionist types who think that, you know, that they evolved. Anyway, in learning that, I, I got some ideas in my head that kind of stuck as a pebble. And then I was like, ah, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go find out why my young earth creationist fundamentalist Christian beliefs are true. I'd never really done a good job of digging in. So I thought, well, I'm just going to do that. I read Ken Ham's book because I looked it up online and he had the best answers because he had the answers books and I read them and they were obviously garbage. Uh, I didn't know what was right, but I knew that even though I believed it, Ken Ham's answers couldn't be right. And that was a very pivotal point for me. I dropped the book, fell to the floor and I realized, man, I need to come at this, not assuming that Christianity is true. I need to come at this neutrally. And that was the, hardest thing I think I ever had to do was start researching again, building things up, but not assuming that the Christians have was true. And so then I looked at the formation of the New Testament and I looked at the formation of the Old Testament and uh, what did Jesus believe about this stuff and what was what were my old beliefs and how did that conform to, I'd memorized most of the New Testament. How did all that stuff match? And so the Ken Ham thing just sent me on this months long journey of deconstruction slash reconstruction. So um, that wasn't the only point. Ken Ham's thing wasn't the only point, but it's what made me go on the journey in the first place. And I think yeah. I, ended up, I ended up at where, where truth led and that was harmful because the only reward that I had was intellectual honesty. I lost uh, friends. I lost family. I lost businesses. I lost all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and all I gained was being right. Well, that's not, <laughs> that's not the yeah. best reward in the world. Yeah, so, but I don't that, know if that, that's a good answer or not. But yeah, no, no, perfect. But that that's the thing with you know certainly young Earth creationism as from from my perspective is the potential for for harm. Um, right. You know, so even you as somebody who used to think that way and and used to believe what you believe to to have over a period of time realized that it's not all you thought it was you know yeah. and th there's been personal cost to you and you know obviously i wouldn't ask you about business costs but it's cost you in 
multiple different ways it sounds like it definitely did and I, but i do think that's one advantage that my channel had early on uh was that i was so fresh out of it that i still remembered what it was like to believe it and yeah. so it's a little tougher for someone like Arn, who you had on yeah Arn's never really been a believer in the same way i was at least no. you know he, he uh and so he can't empathize fully in that way no what it's like i know it frustrates him greatly like why but i i remember what the indoctrination and and the whole yeah. thing to it was like and so yeah um i mean my videos are made to young me all my videos are made to young me ostensibly also then to my to my kids who i you know can think of that way but um it affects there's a hundred ways to do this and no one way is better than another but it also affects like i don't curse on my channel i will curse on your channel but i won't curse yeah. on mine because one of the things i'm doing is young me if i hear the f young me heard the f word well the video is over yeah. and i'm not nothing i'm gonna listen to or yeah. Um, I need to, I know that, you know, I need to treat the Bible with a certain level of respect in my videos yeah. because the people I want to talk to really respect it. They think it's the most important thing. So yeah. I can't use phrases like sky daddy and written by goat herders and like just some of those kind of things, which are fun and fully accurate. And there's a, there's a time and a place for that, but that's just not my Time no, place. no, exactly. You you've got to do what feels right anyway, haven't you? You know, I I also made a conscience a conscious decision to to not swear, not curse on my channel, and it was for the stupid. You know, I'll say, you know, pissed off and you know this, but I never use the f word or right or any of the worst curse words, and it was a really stupid reason. And I thought when I well, what if what if my mother sees this or or my kid? Oh, interesting. Because I've I've never sworn in front of my kids, never sworn in front of my parents, um, and that's why I don't curse in my videos. Because when I started, when I had seven subscribers, I mm -hmm. thought, well, what what if my what if my mother watches this and she hears me swear, and I just it just became something that I don't do. Yeah, so it's personal style, but yeah. at the same time, I think you and I would both agree there's some amazing channels out there that curse like sailors yeah and and we need that like yeah i, I feel like i actually when i came out of it i kind of needed george carlin mm. right like i kind of needed to hear and and uh, ricky gervais and some of the people who were like really heavily mocking this stuff that yeah. i held as sacred just 10 minutes ago uh so uh, yeah i think both of us are saying the same thing we don't disparage anyone else for doing it but we've made different choices for personal reasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody in the side chat just said, when Creaky swears, it gets turned into a fart, which is exactly <laughs> what I do. If I do swear, I never leave the word in the video. I always bleep it with a fart noise because sometimes to show your disapproval or your, or your anger, yep. sometimes you just swear, you know, because I, I I'm going to go ahead and, take a guess and say that you probably curse in real life in the I right now, environment. Yeah. yeah. In <laughs> the right, right yeah. environment. Yeah. You know, there's, there's yep. people that have spoken to me on discord and, you know, I swear like a sailor, but I would never swear in my videos because what if my mother sees it? What if my kids mm -hmm. see it? And now I don't want to get demonetized for swearing too much. That's true. You know, so 
it's it's all for for selfish reasons so would you would would ken ham be the the um, the person you think has the potential to do the most harm then out of you know the usual suspects like kent hoven ken ham um what's his banana boy was not matt powell the other oh, ray the comfort other, yeah ray comfort i can never remember his name you know is uh, there one you think these... is more harmful um well the the ones who i think there's a certain set of harm that comes from holding any sort of religion uh even to the extent that only if it's even if it's jainism and you know you're not, not actually doing any harm uh i think there's some harm you're doing by holding a false view so i think there's just a there's some level of harm that happens with just religiosity of any sort and then of course so all the christian apologists i would lump into they're holding people into a belief that i don't think is true and therefore causing harm but yeah um the ones that and obviously there's the obvious harm right there's the people who are trying to legislate rights away from uh, trans people or queer people um or or wanting to uh, enforce abortion laws or, or any kind of law that that's a certain type of harm but the insidious kind of harm that i really i think where you and i are on the same page a little bit about is the anti-science harm that comes with young earth creationism yeah i don't think there's anything inherently anti-science that like that believing the earth is six years old that you have to therefore be anti-science but what happened in my experience and what i see over and over in building my audience and talking to my audience is that in order to shore up this 6,000 years, they have to disparage scientists and the whole scientific endeavor so much to discredit evolution that they end up undermining uh, this groups of people, um, their faith in science at all. And we, so we see that in terms of not wanting to be vaccinated or not even willing to be listened to, to basically distrusting any, anything any scientist says uh, climate change, um, health, um, in the city I lived in, I lived in Calgary up until recently. And in that very city, uh, a few children died because their parents refused to just take them to the doctor because they felt like, uh, that was violating their faith. That it, it wasn't, they needed to just pray. And yeah. you know, just this whole, unfortunately it's a side effect of, so a Ken Ham who insists that you have to deny all science to maintain this literal reading of Genesis brought along with him all these other bad effects. And so, you know, I would much rather someone leave young earth creationism uh, for good reasons. I, I, that's a huge step as opposed to like leaving the whole Christianity. That's actually less important <laughs> to me. Right. Um, I, I feel like as long as a person's beliefs are, well-researched and for good for good personal reasons so be it great yeah but I don't, I don't think that it's possible to hold on to young earth creationism for uh, evidenced reasons yeah i don't think that's you don't hear of any there's no secular young earthers right <laughs> so <laughs> i just i just believe it's six thousand years old but i also don't believe in god like that you, you don't find that no, animal. I, no. I would love to meet them yeah yeah so yeah. um so I, I, in that way, I do think that the Ken Hams and like the, the ones that say that you will go to hell if you don't 
throw science away yeah are doing a special brand of harm that is in my wheelhouse to be able to pick away at yeah so that's what i do one thing i've noticed and i i don't know how much you know of my content you've ever seen or how much you know about me in general but i was raised catholic and mm-hmm. I, without going into the same stories as I went into with with Aaron on on Sunday, yep. it it one I went to Catholic school as well, so the majority of my teachers were nuns and priests and this kind of thing. But it once I sort of I left school when I was uh, eighteen, and um, went went off to college, and it, it really didn't take me that long to realize that it was just a load of old nonsense because. Even when I was at school and we were being taught about, you know, Noah's Ark, the global flood, you know, however you refer to it. Even though I was sat there, yeah, yeah, yes, sister, yeah, yes, father, yeah, you know, I do understand, yes, yes, yes. You know, I couldn't help but think to myself, how? And, and mm. where did it go? there's no way you'd get all those animals what with with only five or six people looking after them who built the boat but these were all things that were just internalized until i was an adult or of adult age because i'm it's debatable whether i'm an actual adult now when i'm really (laughs) 50 but it's kind of once i was more free thinking because i wasn't having this nonsense fed to me every day at school it really didn't take long for me to I wouldn't say I instantly stopped believing that there was a God, but didn't care. Was I had mm. other things going on, you know, I, I was in college and then I met my wife and, you know, there was so many other things going on. It was never really a thought. And then the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when my youngest son was born. You know, we had a, a, a condition and he was hospitalized. We nearly lost him, you know, and I just thought, well, if God does actually exist, He's he's just not very nice. Why is he doing this to my family? And it was kind of that's it. This yeah, even sure. if he does exist, I I don't like him, so I don't want to know. Because the interesting thing is, everybody always just assumed that I was an atheist, and humor me because I know I am because I know mm-hmm. that by definition an atheist is somebody that has a lack of belief in a god or gods. But I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't accept that I was an atheist. I just saw labeling myself as an atheist as why do I need to, you know? Mm, For sure. If somebody's Catholic, I'm Catholic or I'm Christian, I'm Muslim, I'm Jewish. I didn't feel the need to say, oh yeah, I'm an atheist. I was just a guy that didn't, believe in God because there's no evidence that he's real. But then, you know, the the more I was looking into it and the more my sort of lack of belief was being reinforced, I've kind of slowly come around to it. But I've, you know, I said when Matt Powell sort of raided the side chat on Forest Stream, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody could prove to me using actual evidence something tangible you know they could come along and put that in my hand and go that's god so now you know he's real because he's in your hand or that's god over there and you're looking at it i say okay god's real then i still don't want anything to do with him but you've proven to me he's real 
But nothing like that can ever happen because he isn't. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? It's um, I do. So you're one of the ones that Frank Turek doesn't like. So the the the, the they always want to throw out there. Well, if Christianity, if I prove to you Christianity was true, would you become a Christian? And that's how they decide whether they want to keep having the conversations. So yeah, is so it, you're one of the ones that uh, yeah that they would you would you would say no yeah, and then so. So they would say, "Well, you just believe for, because you want to sin. You're that's their proof, right? That your disbelief must be, yeah, uh, must be motivated by other things." For me, the answer is always, "Well, it depends on what kind of hell is true." Yeah, because I'm pragmatic. Yeah, and like if I, if I have actual knowledge that God exists, and you can tell me what kind of hell is entailed, well, I might be pragmatic enough to. Okay, I'll just I don't I don't like this the god, but okay, yeah. I'll worship this god because yeah, yeah. you know, here's yeah. the consequence. But yeah. I've always said that if anybody, you know, if any of the, the it's usually young earth creationists with me with a light sprinkling of other uh, mm -hmm. religious sort of I don't know if fundamentalist is even the right word, but they're really over the top with their religion. So if any one of those people was able to prove to me, I would happily accept God as being real, but I still would right. not like him. And, you know, people people say, oh, but if he's real, then, you know, you you must worship him. It's, why? Why <laughs> must I? Do you know what I mean? I don't I know. I know exactly what you mean. This Daniel Day-Lewis may be your favorite film star. You know, we both know he's real, but maybe I hate him. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Not everybody is going to like the same person or thing. And and strangely, that seems to be what we're uh, what we're ultimately punished for. I know that they say that the punishment is because you know you, you sin or whatever, but everyone has sinned, so it's impossible to not sin. Yeah, we know that. Exactly. The Christian story is true. So what you're ultimately punished for is not not loving God. Yeah. <laughs> and and so well so if if he gave us free will, which I don't think he did, but if he gave us free will so that we would love him freely, then this whole idea of I love me or I will punish you, that's that's yeah. abusive. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm with you. I'm with you. Plus it's There's, a contradiction of free will. It is because a contradiction. Surely by free will you'd be able to choose whether you did or didn't. Right. And so that's why I actually respect like those who kind of are either universalists or annihilists. Like I think that would actually be might be a fair thing. It's like, oh, if you don't believe in God, then you just disappear. You yeah. don't get to go to heaven, but you don't get punished either. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. I, I'd I'd sign me up. Yeah. If, if I die, I'm gone. That's what I'm anticipating anyway. So. So, have you got an idea of what ha what you think will happen to you once once you do die? Hopefully, oh, in yeah, in forty I'm, years time. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I'm, my assumption is that it is going to feel exactly the way it felt before I was born. Yeah. That is that I just will cease to be, and there will be nothing that I will have no consciousness left. So there'll be nothing. It won't be like anything, my dead body and yeah. my, like there's none of that goes on. So I, I, it'll be, it'll be like the, uh, it'll be just like a, the party's going on and I've gone, I've, I've left and just, you know, the rest of you will still be here on earth yeah. partying and yeah. Paul yeah. won't be anywhere. Do you, know, know. It's, Do you it's, agree? I, I 100, I was just going to say, this is starting to get mm. quite eerie because <laughs> you are literally mirroring everything that I think so far, you know, 
I think exactly the same as you. My explanation of it will be a lot more basic. Once you're dead, you're dead. There's no, you, you don't go anywhere. You, you don't know anything that's happening to those who are left behind because gone. Exactly. It's just, you're just gone and you get put in a hole in the ground or you get cremated, whatever it may be, but you don't care or know because once the life has gone from this, well, slightly wobbly um, 49-year-old body, I won't care where it goes or what happens to it. You know, my, my parents are both in their late 70s, you know, and they've planned for their funeral and mm. you know oh i want this to happen and i want and it's, uh, right okay yeah that will happen <laughs> i don't know why but okay if that's what you want because you know my my parents they, they never talk about god but you know they, they go to church occasionally you know they're still you know they're still catholic but it's um it's interesting the way they think about what's going to happen when their numbers up versus what we think is going to happen. And of course, the religious people think that it's us that have this terrible, you know, nihilistic, terrible view of things. Yeah. But ultimately, it's it's no, it's like we value life because we know that it is limited and and. By definition, you can only value a thing that has some scarcity to it. Yeah. If something, if you have an infinite supply of something, you don't value it. No, so absolutely. The scarcity of life uh, makes our enjoyment and our value of this, what the days we get here, to be to be much higher. When if you think that you're going to be in eternity worshiping, no wonder you think that this world is garbage and that yeah. you don't care what happens to the climate and whatever. Because this yeah. is just, uh, I'm wiping my feet on this welcome mat. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's frustrating. Exactly. So, <laughs> I kind of, I know what I want to take it, but I, I, I can't think of how to. So, and w w without raking anything up, so when you deconverted, you said that it caused you family problems. And obviously, I would never intrude, never ask you to kind of expand on them. But right. how difficult was that for you? you know, to, to deal with on top of everything else you were dealing with just because you had decided that you no longer believed in God? Yeah, great question. I mean, the, the, just giving up the intellectual ascent, obviously you can't get that back. Once once the curtain is open, once you see the wizard behind the curtain, or see the man behind the curtain, uh, you, you can't get that back, so you can't recall no. it. But no, but when you choosing to how you're going to then live the rest of your life. Obviously there are huge consequences. And I was in a very, uh, most of my life was wrapped up. All my work was wrapped up with Christians. All of my social stuff was wrapped up with Christians. My ministry was, was obviously my church life, which was a big part of my life. And more importantly, you know, the most important people in my life, my, uh, my sibling, my, my parents, my children, all my cousins, you know, they, they, they're all Christians. So, by revealing that it, it caused a, a riff and different people deal with that riff differently. I, I feel like uh, a large swath of people just basically cut me out of their life instantly. Um, and, and, you know, knowing that was a possibility that that was fine. Fortunately, I mean, one of my greatest fears was the impact it would have on my relationship with my kids. Now, fortunately, 
you know, five years in now, I know that we, we found a way to continue to have a very close relationship, despite the fact that we disagree so strongly on something so very fundamental. Yeah. But that was not a given, right? That no, was not a given that that was going to be. Uh, and uh, also there's other people in my life, a very small number of people who have just stuck by me the way that I would actually expect would be a very Christian way to do things in, in this entirely loving without condition way. Uh, so I, I was incredibly lucky. I know not everyone's like that, but I had a handful of people in my life who stuck by me and who, uh, continue to love me. So th it wasn't worst case scenario for me. So I, I cut myself. I know that a lot of people do get that worst case scenario where parents or children completely turn their back and that gets destroyed. And that is awful. Um, if, if you are such a person, uh, there's a group called recovering from religion in, in America and North America that. Um, I utilized and I, I encourage a lot of people to, uh, you know, there's, there's ways to support that your loss of community is huge. No, it's just, it's, un, it's unfortunate that in, in the Western world, that what you believe carries so much social ties. And I think that's largely why a lot of, I think a lot of people are nominally Christian just because they know that there's a huge social or community advantage to yeah. going along with the majority. Yeah, and I think yeah. when you look at when you look at a lot of these, well, you know, people who are atheists are more depressed. Like you see, ostensibly these studies that are supposedly studies that you know atheists are sad, or that you know people in the LGBT community are sad, or you know whatever. And it's like, well, no, it's well, yes, but it's because we're part of the outgroup, not because atheism entails something being sad. It's that yeah. it's that three quarters of the people who where I, where I live belong to one group, and I'm. I can't be part of that group. Yeah. So, uh, no. Yeah. So I forget what your original question, but the, no, it was, it was a high cost for me. Uh, but fortunately it's a happy ending now, like several years down the road. Uh, the most important relationships, relationships to me, I was either able to keep or rebuild. Yeah. Um, and so, and a large part of that is just deciding both parties deciding that the relationship worth means more than the differences. Yeah. Yeah. And so if the other, if you're involved in that kind of situation and the, the other person can't make that same decision that, that the relationship is worth more than the differences, that's not on you and no. you have to let that go. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But it, it speaks volumes that there's a group called Recovering from Religion. Mm. That just that organization existing says right. a lot about how difficult it can be for people once they realize that they've been fooled or, or duped or misled. And it sounds like upcoming in upcoming um, versions of the, I'm going to get the name wrong, so I'm not even going to say it, but this, the, the guides and the, the, that they use to diagnose, you know, mental, mental health and that kind of thing, you know, religious trauma is, I think, officially going to be part of post-traumatic stress uh, really? it's be subcategory of it uh, in the upcoming DSRM, I think is the name of it. And Shannon will kill me. I'll get the name wrong. But um, anyway, the, you know, it's just the religious trauma is a real thing. Yeah. And a, a diagnosed thing. Um, and it seems counterintuitive that that should be the case, but it, it just is. It's the reality. I know. That's, that just makes it all the, all the more sad. Yeah. That just makes it so much worse that people actually need support just because they changed their mind about the way they believe something. 
Right. Like if you or I changed, you know, our favorite football club changed, you don't have to get help for that. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> right? your fr your friends may tease you or, or poke right. fun. Oh, you support a different team now, but it certainly would, like you say, there's no organizations, you know, <laughs> you know, counseling and helping people that have switched baseball team or football team or whatever, whatever yeah. it may be. It's, it's absolutely nuts. So when you, I, th I think you did touch on it a little earlier. When I watch, I'm going to use Matt Powell as an example again because he's a douche canoe. So when I watch Matt Powell, I find him intensely annoying. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think, right, I want to make a video about Matt Powell this week and I'll jump onto YouTube, I'll go to his channel and I hear his voice and it's like, oh, I can't. No, it's going to have to be somebody else this week just because I find him so annoying. But when you listen to the kind of nonsense that the old propaganda that the likes of him and, and Kent Hovind spout, you mm -hmm. can understand it in a different way to me is what you're, you're essentially saying, because you've been on that side as well. Right. So do you think that makes it all the more annoying to you? And if it does, what's kind of, is there one thing that you've heard a young earth creationist say on YouTube or on the internet in general, that's really, really kind of pushed you to the edge kind of thing? Uh, so is it, I, I, I like to think, we all like to think that our problems are worse than other people's problems. So yeah, yeah. I like to think that, that you, layered on top of what you would hear is for me some embarrassment and shame right layered on top of it that oh that was me that's what i sounded like yeah you know five years ago and and there's uh, there's no self-awareness when you're in in any i'm not going to call religion a cult but if you're if you're in any kind of tight-knit group and you can't you can't hear yourself the way you sound to outsiders so you know yeah. that's part of that's part of the cringe for me is what oh i sounded like that that's just awful and yeah so i mean even even things like i i'm i'm sure that i said well why are there still monkeys i'm yeah. sure i said that to somebody yeah. and, and it's just like how little i understood fortunately i i i think it's true of myself and and it's not a, it's this weird brag because i was i was ignorant enough of the actual real science because I didn't care. I think I was, you and I were probably similar that way. Like I gave it no thought whatsoever. Yeah. So I didn't investigate. I didn't straw man evolution because I didn't care enough to even know, uh, you know, so I wasn't actively putting out wrong versions of evolution or wrong versions of secular ideas. Yeah. The way that now I hear, you know, the Eric Hovens or the Kent Hovens or the Kent Hams, like all the younger go down the line who are actively misportraying well you know you you think you came from a rock well no i no no one does or do you, you think the universe came from nothing no we don't we don't think that yeah. you're the ones that yeah. That. yeah um so those those <laughs> make me most mad when it's the people who definitely know better even if they don't believe it they definitely know that's not what the counter position is yeah yeah um, i think it's just become yeah. something that they have to say isn't it because others have said well, it and but it also rings true else. to their audience. Like yeah. when I was sitting in a pew, I would have said, "Yeah, the the those people in the university down the street, they think the universe came from nothing." Yeah, because I didn't yeah. investigate. Yeah. So it sounds true, 
Yeah. So, and since that's the easiest version to defeat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's the thing, because when I spoke to Forrest Valkyrie about this, the, the exact same thing as well, um, you know, he, he said, you know, when they were talking about, when they say about that we came from rocks and when we came from sponges, all they're mm -hmm. doing is they're, they're saying it with such conviction and with such a high degree of self-belief. So well, maybe not self-belief, but, but they believe it enough to, to have convinced themselves that they are actually right and that they're telling the truth. And I don't think they can see the the harm that they're doing and how foolish they make themselves look as well. And I'm always conscious when I say things like that because I don't want I don't want anybody that does believe in God. I don't want them to think that I'm personally attacking them. That's not the case. It's just the ridiculous claims, like you say, you know, like Earth only being six thousand years old, right. and you know that that that's where my issue lies is with them. So that so to present their argument, they basically just have to continuously lie. There's there's no other way to wrap it up. Well, the ones that have the ones that have educated themselves enough to know the proper counterpositions are lying. There's yeah. Then there are people people like me who are repeating lies but not knowing that they're lies. Yeah. So yeah. that is a different. That's a separate category of just. Um, I think Forrest actually even said that on your your show. Yeah, um, yeah. I've probably kind of misquoted him in part, but um, you know, uh, no. But I think he, he said something along the lines. Of, what was it? He gave a great distinction. And, and so go watch that episode after you're done watching this one. Yeah, what list for do that. Definitely do but, that. And, but could you put yourself in the mind of someone for whom they sincerely believe that you you will be tortured forever because you believe in evolution? Yeah, yeah. If you thought that and you didn't try to teach change people's minds what an what a kind of jerk are you yeah what kind of a horrible person are you if you like so i actually never take that as an insult when someone wants to uh if a christian wants to convince me that i'm wrong that's actually their kindness showing yeah the christian that's willing to let me say yeah you're going to burn in hell and i'm going to do nothing to stop it <laughs> that's actually a bigger insult yeah, uh, yeah. I, I i know that person seems is less intrusive on our lives so we're happy for them yeah but counterintuitively um the the real caring christians will yeah. try to change yeah. you and that's what ray comfort trades on yeah yeah so the comment on the screen there now this person mm -hmm. is clearly an evangelical of some description and they're going absolutely nuts in the side chat attacking everybody and now they've started quoting bible verses um now i know from the christian side of things they would probably claim that the likes of you and i are attacking them mm -hmm. i don't agree with that i think we're just trying to point out their errors maybe i am slightly more um i could be perceived as attacking them way more than you could but it always interests me that there are no um big atheist groups actively trying to deconvert Christians. All atheists and atheist groups do, from my opinion, is present accurate, truthful information that can be verified. There's no organization of atheists that I'm aware of that's going out actively trying to unchristianize people. Right, with the, with the major exception being, of course, there are secular governments out there 
that are trying to stomp out religions for political reasons. Yeah, but that's a different which thing, is, isn't it? Which is yeah. a whole different animal. I just, I just know that as a Christian, that's the exception I would have thrown out there. Well, yeah, if, well, if yeah, you, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, that's um, not the same thing. And it always, I always find no. it interesting that there's atheists rarely attack Christians, but Christians always seem to resort to, I'm, you know, this person here. They always seem to resort to attack him because right, it would like appear. That they've got nothing else. You don't else. see standing on the in the church parking lot. You're not standing there. You know, there's not a group of atheists with picket signs. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, saying that uh, saying that science hates science hates believers or something. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. Um, what I would have said to Foppish, uh, I think that was his name, Foppish Delight, or something like that, with his verse from First John. Um, so I would have just I would kindly say to, to him or her. I, I can't quite tell the gender. Um, what, who do you think wrote first John? And do you think it was someone named John? And if so, which John? And if so, why? Those are the kind of questions I started asking myself yeah. when I started looking at those things. And it turns out, uh, Christian, the best Christian thinkers in the world, the people who've spent hundreds of the, the lineages that have been studying this stuff for hundreds of years. And don't think that first. Don't think that anyone named John necessarily wrote that book, and they can they can tell where it came from, and they and they know um, that it was written incredibly late, and 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 in response to uh, sort of some turf wars of which kind of version of orthodoxy was going to win out. Yeah, and and so you know you want to quote that verse to me, but but then do you know the history behind that verse? Yeah, and. And if you if you know all those things, okay, it wasn't written by someone named John. It was written incredibly late. It was written in response uh, to warring factions within a within a church. Does that verse still mean anything to you? Like, is it does it is it still the word of God to you at that point? Um, yeah, those are the kind of questions I'm hoping that Foppish is answering. And and if he's he or she has looked into it and decided, you know what? Yeah, I I, I still feel like this is divine words and has divine meaning awesome yeah but i'm i suspect often not so. yeah 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 sorry anyway no 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 need absolutely no need to apologize at all so i'm gonna steal the screen for a moment and if you don't mind paul i don't know if you want to take five if you want to grab yourself a drink or something i'm just going to address a few super chats that have come in and then we're going to head into the question um or the call in part of the show if that's okay with you pal it is Cool, cool, cool. So we have had a super chat. Right, we had the first super chat. Ooh, super chat. Which I can't oh, yeah. show on the screen because I missed it because I am an idiot. But it was from Sterling David, a fellow Welshman who, if I remember correctly, lives in America. And he says, there we are then. Um, obviously, there we are then. And thank you very much, David. Um then we've got one from Ooh, super chat thank you zenobi who says what does zenobi say where's he gone uh i won't stick around for a calling time but i wondered aren't mennonites uh kind of like mormons am i off or how on earth did you get into star wars you can address that in a minute if you want to pull me just very quickly uh two dollars from robert chat. how is paul thank doing health wise and $30. Ooh, 
Ooh, super chat. From Citizen Thank Gold. You. Just out to a meeting. Uh, I'll be a view on the other channel later. Love Paul's work and have been following it from the early days. Um, would love to give you both a pint. And one more's just come in. Uh, panic stations. Ooh, super chat. From Undaloid. I don't have anything smart to say. Go buy a beer. <laughs> Sounds just like my kind of guy. Thank you, pal. Anyway. I've been waiting to do this all night. Paul K from the green room. Can you see this? And are you ready? And I hope it doesn't go wrong because I've had a nightmare trying to get this to work today. It's now the question section of the show. People can call in. You wouldn't believe how long it took me to make that stinger transition. VMAX no, is so complicated. Great. So incredibly complicated. I was having echoing issues. I was having Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So I'm just going to jump into the green room, Paul, and see okay. who we have who would like to uh, like to have a conversation. Well, should we look at those super chats first? Um, I've just done though. Oh, uh, the question. Yeah. Um, hello, everybody in the green room. I'm going to be joining live call one um, in the next few minutes. Or I'll go to two. Okay. We'll. I'll jump into two in just a sec, and I'm just going to uh, let Paul address the super chat that came in for him. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, um, see what I forget everything. I've got the memory span of a, of a goldfish with senile dementia. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so I, one of the chats was, how am I doing health-wise in terms yes. of cancer? I, I have been now cancer-free for a little over two years. So that's all good. And my doctors have actually kicked me out of my... I was getting quite regular scans to do things. So yeah, the, the all good. All good. I, I'm... Uh, I'm getting older, so you know when it comes to if you want to ask anyone over forty how their health is doing, that you can sit down and they can give you a long list of complaints. But we won't do that here. Um, and then the other one was: Are Mennonites and offshoots of Mormons? No. So Mennonites um, are from an, an old Anabaptist tradition. Kind of they spun off around the same time, uh, actually, as the the Baptists and the Reform movement, um, and. If you ever saw the movie Witness, or if you you know if you if you've noticed either Mennonites or Amish, they're very closely related. Um, they but Amish are a little bit more extreme version. Um, that's that's the people who are culturally Mennonite. Now Mennonite is also now a modern denomination, much like a Baptist or a Methodist might be. And so you actually now have, you know, uh, Mennonite churches in China, which of course have no connection of course to the whole Mennonite eschewing technology kind of side of things but no Mormonism uh couldn't we, we definitely as a Mennonite we would not have considered Mormons to be Christians in any sense or going being saved or that kind of thing that was definitely as far as we were concerned a cult and how did I get into Star Wars it's a really good question uh but when you grew up if you didn't grow up in the late 70s it's tough to know but Star Wars was so pervasive at the time no one had seen anything like it and move there was no such thing as huge blockbuster movies movies didn't even open on the same weekend uh, you know at all at the same time they just kind of oh well a few copies will open in this city and a few copies will open in that city um but star wars sort of broke through all that and even as a mennonite kid uh you know i start start to see that cultural impact and fell in love with it secretly you know and and it probably led to you know me 
leaving some of the more traditional parts of my faith, obviously, earlier. And I became a computer programmer, uh, something, again, that's a little bit weird for Mennonite kids to do. So I, I was uh, I was breaking molds. I don't know. That probably answers the question a little bit. I muted. it. Apologies. Sounds good to me. Uh, there's another question coming for you, so we may, may as well quickly address this one because it's absolutely crucial that they get the answer. What type of cheese would Paul Orgia be from another chatter? Uh... I would be white cheddar. I would be the the non orange cheddar because I'm my I'm very simple. I'm very plain. I'm very in the middle of the road, uh, and I don't even need that orange. But I don't like the orange dye. That's being fake. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> those of us who grew up on farms, we know that that orange color doesn't come naturally. Cheese is made. So I I'd be I like to be more natural, but uh, but I'm also very basic. So I'd be the white cheddar. I was going to say, what what color are the cows that orange cheese comes out of? <laughs> right, because exactly, I, right. I've not, we, we don't have those in Wales. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. going to jump into uh, one of the calls, Paul. And, um, Do it. Well, I can see yeah. the lovely Paul Kay has jumped into uh, into Next Pro's place. What's what's going on, pal? Hey, guys. Oh, Next that... is uh, figuring out an audio issue. We don't know if it's with the VMix or with his end, but uh, hopefully we can get him on because, I... yeah, he does have a very smooth voice. He does. He does. And you were attempting to replicate it, and uh, you're doing a fine job, even if I do say so myself, Paul. Well, I appreciate that because I felt like I was failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I'm, I do have a couple questions for Paul, if, if that's okay. Fire I don't away. have a lot of people waiting in the green room. So um, so you, you've had a few uh, tit-for-tats with some of the bigger apologetics people like Habermas and William Lane Craig and Turk, which one was your most fun? Which one did you enjoy the most? Which one did I enjoy the most? If that's the uh, proper word, it might not be. Yeah. So like enjoy is, is a weird word, but it, uh, probably the one that weirdly my conversation with Eric Hovind that I had in his, in the class that he was teaching turned into uh, quite an enjoyable conversation, but then also a bit of a, you know, a relationship with, with him. Um, but as a pugilist, as someone who definitely, I enjoy being right. <laughs> uh, I think my William Lane Craig was like, he's William Lane Craig is the pinnacle of generally mm. considered to be, to be the intellectual peak in, in Christian circles. And so when William Lane Craig's had some of my videos that he felt needed to be addressed by him personally, that was pretty delicious. And then to be able to go back and forth with him uh, and in in my view, refute his refutations, just anyone who's competitive, it's always great to beat the best. And I feel like when I was dealing with William Lane Craig and when I do that, he's um, he's at least put up as their champion. So that that's, has a certain satisfaction, but even Eric Hovind, like, I enjoyed that one too. Um, just on a more enjoyable level. That was actually my second question. I was going to ask you what it was like to to have him on your channel and to to have the interactions. Because um, I, I enjoyed, like the William Lane Craig thing, I ate up. I, I devoured that mm -hmm. material of yours. That was great. Um, and then when, when Hoven came on, I remember I almost dropped my phone when I saw the thumbnail. I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> just no way. Uh, the... The, the weird thing, you know, with Erica is obviously like neither of us have convinced each other at all that the other, we, neither of us have changed positions at all in our few years of now getting to know each other a little bit. Um, 
but I but I built my channel on Eric's content largely. I mean, mm -hmm. ham and eggs. Uh, my dealing with Ken Ham actually came slightly later. So I, I because I felt like Kent Hovind was adequately addressed. I'm like, I'm going to take on the sun and that's going to be my bread and butter. So it was weird that the the man on whose content I built my channel, uh, I, I was having that direct stuff with. But um, he has, we were speaking about people who we feel like aren't genuine and, and aren't. So well, I know we can't read people's minds and I could be incredibly duped, but I feel like Eric is a little more genuine in his concern and in his um, mission than some of the people who like, some of the people who I won't name, but I have named previously, I think are in it for money and are in it for power and in it for, for uh, ego. I feel like yeah. Eric is in it because he's concerned that people are going to hell. Uh, that's his primary concern. Um, where some of these other things fall, fall out from that. So, um, and it, it came to be just because I was looking for more content to, I, I took his class because I wanted to be able to, to debunk it. So it was a weird fortuitous stumbling into uh, being willing to, to go up against him. And actually this does remind me when Kiki asked me, I remember what I was going to answer before when he said, what was it, what was it an extra cost of coming out with relationships and things? One of the things I felt I couldn't do was I couldn't come out until I had an answer for everything because I knew that there were people in my life who were gonna immediately want to debate me on everything. And when you're fresh out of your religion, you don't know the answer to every single thing. So in a way that created this monster that you see on screen or you see animated on screen now is that uh, I very quickly felt like I had to learn everything about everything or they weren't gonna let me leave. And isn't that weird that you like, they will, if you, all you have to do is say a prayer to become a Christian, but to leave, you have to have read every volume of Thomas Aquinas and be able to answer like all these apologetic questions to get out the door. Isn't that kind of wrong, but that seems to be the way it is. So that was an extra bit of pressure for me was just, I knew I was going to get a lot of uh, debate attacks. Dude, you fair, I don't think I do my best. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. No, no, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm going to take off so I get back to the green room, but I, I, I'd be angry with myself if I didn't comment you on how well organized your YouTube channel is. It is probably about the easiest to navigate one in the entirety of the platform. Sa second that, second easiest. Second easiest, Paul, you mean? No. Sa you, second you, easiest. I, I your can't thumbnails... make your head any bigger than it already is. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate right, I'm that. I'm uh, I'm big into branding, so that's marketing is was my former life, so I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I I was looking at your channel earlier on today and having a chat with Paul because he helps me sort of with mm -hmm. um, the layout of the show and everything. And that was one of the things I said to him is you can definitely see that your channel is a brand because it's almost color-coded dependent on it is, the subject it is color-coded yeah. yeah yeah and, and yeah. i like that you know i try to my, my problem is because i'm a graphic designer by profession by trade whatever you want to call it i keep changing things all the time and keep experimenting with you know does this thumbnail style work does this thumbnail style work and as a result then my channel can look a little bit mismatched I think I would have been far better off just picking a style and sticking with it, which I've done now. Right. Probably but, but until honestly, next week. 
<laughs> yeah, but not necessarily so. I mean, YouTube is a weirdly like I'm stuck in in some ways. If I if I'm slave to my own brand, you know, I, I'm probably losing clicks and I'm probably losing like best practices on YouTube are not set for now. Like best practices in 2021 isn't the same as 2022. So no. being light on your feet and being able to pivot the way you are uh, absolutely does things. And the thing, nice thing is about the best brands, like if you think of, of a McDonald's or a Nike or whatever, it's yeah, like you throw up a McDonald's ad from 1970 and throw up a McDonald's ad from now, they don't look anything alike, but both of them scream to you, oh yeah, that's McDonald's. Mm, I mean, yeah. building a brand is more about this instant, the way it makes you feel. Right. Mm. And the way it so more than and, you know, the the sharp yellows that you're using. And I think I think you're using impact font, if I guess that correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's going to serve you well. Yeah. yeah. It's very flexible. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've got it. my favorite color, I suppose, would be black. Um, yes. Because it's such a universal color. I've always, almost always got a black hat on. I would never <laughs> buy glasses that weren't black. I would never wear a pair of training shoes, um, you know, sneakers that weren't black. Um, so I don't know where the yellow came from. I've got a funny feeling that I read on a graphic design resource website that yellow was an inviting color, and that's why I went down, down that road because... I. Uh... I tried to go yellow with my version of my light. So it did I. Like it, and the closest I can get so I, is you know, orange. This is a, this yeah. is how pedantic I can be. So one um, one of my subscribers, a guy called John York, very kindly bought me a pair of off my Amazon wish list, which is linked below. Um, <laughs> bought me these lights, and um, I thought, brilliant! I can have a yellow backdrop now as well. You you can't get these. No. these lights to put out yellow so i have seriously and i could i could pull up the screen and show you now if i knew how to do it on vmix but i've been playing around with completely changing the color scheme on both my channels because i can't get my lights to match i will not use any color that doesn't match in with yellow yeah, don't do it don't do it just get a bigger like literally get a bigger tv I know. Behind you, because that TV's putting out yellow. Yeah, that's thirty. That's a thirty-two. That is. I don't know how you guys yeah, measure get, them in get a, the state get a, get a, or Canada. Get a sorry, yellow, so that you can have yellow. Like you don't yeah. need the yellow accents. I I love this yellow. I just from a graph. I also used to be a graphic designer, and I what you're doing is amazing. I would urge you not to change it. It's just delicious. Yeah. Um, so and you, then on you, that you black think the yellow is a is a smart move. I think as the well. yellow because it it's so different. And it yeah. so stands out. It's so easy to brand that way. Like you go with a blue or a red. You, there's a million of those, but this yeah. this yellow, very sharp. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just... I was also influenced by uh, Steve yeah. Jobs, and and in terms of literally my entire closet is the same black shirt. Yeah, I get I I so I'm with you. I I just wear black every day. It's easy to guess. It's easy to figure out. Yeah, my wife will say, "Are you ever going to change your t-shirt?" <laughs> and I put. But this isn't the one I had on yesterday. I've got <laughs> multiple, and she knows this, but it's kind of, I just, this is just what I wear. I And I'll be honest with you, because I've been lucky enough to find myself in a position where this is my job now, I've, I've, I've got trousers on now, which is very rare. <laughs> I've nearly always just got, like, jogging pants or pajama pants on. I never bother getting dressed. 
below the waist because why bother? I'm not going anywhere. If we live closer, you and I be good friends. We are we are like the same animal. Yeah, it does sound very much like that. Right, yeah. um, next pro is back in the call. I'm just very quickly going to address these couple of super chats because I don't want to leave them yeah. live because I missed them then. So, Heizefer says, sorry for annoying okay. you, which is probably in relation to you forgot about Mega Man. Mega Man, sorry, he asked you earlier on something. Oh, was that a question? Because I thought you were just declaring that uh, Mega Man and Star Trek were were amazing and I wasn't going to disagree with either of those things. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about Mega Man though. I don't even know who Mega Man is. Am I, does that make me not cool? Possibly. I'm guessing neither of us are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not cool. Um, no star Paul, uh, uh, no star Paul, no star creaky, which means in Welsh, good night, Paul. Good night, creaky. Oh, excellent. And, uh, Star Trek themed or star Wars themed, uh, Still there, so excellent. So, nos da means so it's good and night. Good, They're two separate words night. in Welsh. All right. So, and then we have one from Ooh, super chat. Jenna Brazel. Okay. Whenever she super chats, it's blank. Oh but my. her name always makes me think about a dubious website. Um, <laughs> okay, well, you must li live on darker parts of the web than I do because I'm, I'm naive. <laughs> And Robert L says Kirk or Picard. Um Picard. Oh. Although I, the Chris Pine Kirk is fun. Even I know as a non-Star Trek fan that that's a controversial opinion. Uh yeah. But uh I so Next Generation Star Trek happened while I was alive. And so, you know, there's nostalgia for it. It became like my Star Trek versus I, I watched the old reruns as a kid, but it's not the same. Yeah, somebody in the side chat obviously thinks the same way as I do. Mm. So I will I will just leave that on the screen while we say good evening to the lovely next pro. <laughs> is everything working for you now, pal? I'm hoping it is. It, well, you sound even more fantastic than usual. You do realize that technical issues and audio issues are my area of expertise. And I don't mean mm -hmm. fixing them, I mean causing them. So <laughs> right. if it was anything I brand. did, I apologize. So just I'd just like to join the trio with my completely black wardrobe that i have yeah excellent and, uh so yeah including the black i've even got a black beanie as well so I've and the audio has so many black holes dropped out for me again so but um can I, let me throw a question out there and then just do a bit of listening um what uh who surprised you the most in um re-establishing communication with you if i can ask that kind of question um after your departure from your your faith who surprised me the most in reconnecting um so okay interesting so i the the people who stuck with me it wasn't a surprise surprise um in terms of reconnecting what surprised me the most and i'm, I'm not for reasons that the people who reconnected no with me, yeah. who, yeah, no, I won't give names. I'm not even going to give you specific things, but there was multiple of these people who connected with me, who were on a similar deconstruction journey as I was. And so some of them treated me extra poorly, shall we say, because uh, the general, because they were going through the same thing and they were afraid. 
right? And they didn't want to be linked to that. So I've now had, uh, there's a number of people from my former life who, like me, are now uh, either openly or not openly non-believers anymore. Uh, and I am very happy that I was able to take what I call some of the slings and arrows. So to be the first in your large extended family or to be first in a friend group or first in a church to to come out this way, you kind of get hit the worst versus the, the people who come out after, uh, they, they have it a little bit easier. So that was actually something that it was never my intention or nor by my design, but it surprised me that some of the people who were uh, treating me the worst were actually going through the same problems and came to ultimately came to the same conclusion. And I'm happy to call all those people, uh, family and friends once again. So that would be the biggest surprise. Um, so essentially what you're saying is that fear, uh, fear of, um, separation is the thing that keeps these people, um, in the religion. I think that is definitely one of the things that's built into religions is the the consequences for leaving and, and that's one of the if you look at like the bite model for cults and a lot of those things is there's designed to be negative consequences for for leaving and i i obviously this idea that you will be eternally consciously tormented that you'll be tortured forever is uh is a pretty big deterrent for, for leaving but then of course and then the social ramifications if you're if you're no one wants to be socially ostracized either and so if you're if they can set up the community such around that it's built around going to sunday morning church and that we that we frequent the the people who are believe the same way as we do and if you don't believe the same way as we do you don't get a job yeah these are all built-in devices to to keep people in and i think apologetics and young earth creationism and the kind of thing those kind of things are also designed to keep people in as opposed to recruit i don't think I honestly don't think that any of these young earth creationist ministries are attempting to win new people to their 6,000 year view. They are entirely stopping the bleeding. So, I don't know, Creaky, do you disagree? Agree? Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, um, if you haven't already, um, elaborated on it earlier in the, uh, in the show, could you remind people of what the bite model is? Oh, uh, so now you're, now you're outside of my, uh, so there's behavior control, information control, and I'm sure people in the chat are getting it more than I am. And I forget what the last two are. Do you remember cookie? I don't know. So anyway, if, uh, telltale is, is a great one. He teaches a lot on this, but it's the, yeah, basically this, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the four markers to, to often kind of identify what's a cult and what's not. Um, but I know behavior and information are two of the, like the two of the first ones, for example, if, if, if you are in a group where you are allowed to, where they control how you behave and they control what access information you have and control who you can talk to a lot of those kind of things, then you, you might be in a cult. And, and check that out uh anyway i'm i'm not, rather than embarrass myself and getting the last two wrong i will just point you to telltale or, or just a very, that's a very model. good recommendation in fact uh, uh it'd be great if uh creaky could uh, strike up a conversation live on oh. this channel with uh, telltale sometime in the future you never know what's that, gonna happen 
next. It's a good choice. Ah, okay. <laughs> now, I'll talk to anybody. I'm I'm not fussy. I will talk to absolutely anybody. Even and, Telltale. Even Telltale. <laughs> and I generally will enjoy the conversation. I'm I'm not fussy, but in real life I talk to nobody. Wow, we are the same person, Creaky. Just the same really? person. <laughs> so how long did work did you work sort of on I know you didn't technically work just on Star Wars, but how long mm. were you in the employ of the companies that, that work? Because I honestly I could do this again just to talk to you about Star Wars. Yeah, no, I worked uh worked from two thousand from nineteen eighty nine to two thousand six, seven years I was there and I worked oh, really? uh, both for Lucasfilm proper and then my last couple of years I uh, was working for both Lucasfilm and for LucasArts, the video game right. company. So it yeah, must be so such I, an interesting. How did you get into that? I I know obviously you were qualified to do it, but how <laughs> how does somebody end up working for one yeah, of the sort of good, most recognized companies? That's a good question. Uh, so back in these back in the late nineties, people aren't going to remember how all this worked, but the internet was new. In 1995, you know, we kind of first got our first World Wide Web. And in 1997, you had talked about the special editions of Star Wars that you remember seeing. Yeah. Um, that kind of renewed my interest in Star Wars in 1997. And as a hobby, I decided that I was going to start, um, I was working on a Star Wars website. And it, there's a website back then, and I don't really know how it's doing now, but it was called theforce.net. And we became the largest Star Wars website at the time. Oh really? And we were actually we were actually rivaling the the stats of any official sites, and we had it was the the biggest the first big fan site, and so I was helping to run that, and um, through my through my endeavors with that, we ended up in San Francisco, and long story short, I ended up on Skywalker Ranch uh, as a fan to get to get a bit of a tour from a friend I'd made in their technology group. And it turns out, little did I know that they were looking to start an internet division. Right. And so I ended up going on the ranch. And one of the weird things I did was not kiss anyone's butt. <laughs> I thought they were doing a terrible job with a bunch of the stuff they were doing online. And so right. I, I laid out, I, I foolishly just gave them, here's what I would do if I, if I was working here, I would do blah, 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 blah. I would do all these things that I thought they were doing terrible. And I thought I was never coming back whatever and then by the time i'd laid out all the things that i would do if i had if i took the job uh they called me back a few days later and had me had me out and they hired me as their very first internet employee. so you said so, that and they basically said well come on then come over come and, and do, do it, it for us like exactly so i had to stop doing it for the fans and i started doing it for them that's um, awesome obviously yeah i mean i had a degree in marketing and a degree in computer science uh, which is a weird combination that actually yeah. now now it's probably not weird, but back in the '90s it's weird to have that double combo. Yeah. So I was able to manage both the technology, deal with the technology side and the content side. Yeah. Um, it was and it was a joy. So I built the yeah. whole internet division from scratch. Yeah. So the nearest I've come to anything Star Wars esque is my only Star Wars claim is that the Millennium Falcon was built in Haverford West in yes. west wales which is about 40 miles away from where i live and i Absolutely. only found that out in about the last five years oh okay i can't believe yeah. i didn't know um so is it elmswood studios yeah i believe so yeah yeah. Elm, yeah and so that's a lot of the 1977 stuff was shot there yeah, yeah. including the uh the, 
the fight there with the Falcon yeah. in, in Mosset. Oh, yeah. and I went quad biking in Tunisia with my oh, okay. with my eldest son, and we went out into the desert where apparently a lot of the footage on Tatooine was filmed. It's true that it was done in Tunisia. Tunisia is a very big place, so it's tough to tell which sand dune was. Yeah, I I was skeptical myself, but I just thought this is so cool. I'm on I'm on Tatooine. But you can look up the coordinates online. You can you can go find where the homestead. Oh really? At least you can uh, find the geo coordinates and go. It's a, oh, it's a very, very popular cool. place to. Mm. Tunisia isn't me. much of a tourist destination anymore, though, is it? Sadly. No, no, it's not. Yeah. I'm actually curious to see whether. So we rebuilt that for episode three. All right. Uh, in in Tunisia, we actually went back to that same original spot and yeah, took the took the same thing. And I'm actually curious that with Obi Wan happening, yeah, if they're ever gonna. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Owen and Beru are gonna be in the Obi Wan series or not. But if so, I hope they go back to Tunisia, to the same homestead, just for nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. I think I was in about 2012. Um, and. Lloyd just asked me, Creaky, is there any reason why your online shop is not working? Yeah, ignore the link that's appearing in the side chat. This is just another example of me being an idiot. That's a link to an old store. The the up-to-date one is down in the video description. Anyway, Paul, um, we've got somebody in line three now. Tank, how are you, pal? Doing well, thank you. Sorry to keep you waiting. I could talk semi-professionally. <laughs> oh, not a problem at all. Um, I, I just had a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, I, you know, first I wanted to say, you know, I, I appreciate both your work in Star Wars and on YouTube. Love it. I was going to okay. say I wasn't in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, Creaky. Just because, just because <laughs> I look like a Jawa doesn't mean I am one. So I, I had a, I had a, one question, um, in revolve, involving, you know, walking away from religion, um, mm -hmm. were you able to maintain any of the relationships with friends and family that you may have been close to before? And if so, how did you do it? Uh, good question. So I, I think I touched on it briefly, but I may, I may not have been clear. So there was a handful, a very small handful that I was able to maintain and stay connected with. Mm -hmm. And the only way that that happened was through some conscious decisions on both parties parts that the relationship was worth more than the differences. And if you're a Christian or if you're in any really fundamentalist type religion, that is not an automatically given, right? Cause you, yeah, absolutely. The, the most of the time you're supposed to shun the person who leaves. And that's for good reason. I, th I think that's largely a survival mechanism for the religion that they don't want apostates to be influencing the existing flock. But, um, but so for a handful of my family and, and some of my friends, we, we just said it out loud. It wasn't even just something happy. You just had to say it out loud. Okay. We value this relationship more than the differences. So let's work it out. And one of the strategies there can be, or at least it worked in my case, that uh, we were going to basically put a pin in it, you know, and say, we're not going to make religion something that we talk about very often. Uh, so we both okay. just make that, we, we know that it's not a thing we're going to agree on. And I think this can probably work for close relationships where there's a difference in political ideas or, or other ideologies. It's just kind of, you know what, we're going to talk about it every once in a while. 
and that's going to be okay. And we're both going to be okay with that. But most of the time, we're just not going to go there. We're going to build this relationship based on other things. And these relationships, you know, uh, built on love of common people or, you know, geography, where, where we're located or playing games or sports teams or, you know, certain movies that we like or however the, whatever you'd base that relationship on that wasn't the religion part. Uh, we're going to just kind of taking that. that and leaving it alone and saying, you know, exactly. We'll and we're putting... that we disagree and not go there. Right. And, and part of it, I have to credit, um, the other side, because for, for me, obviously I, I'm not attempting to actively deconvert those people. Um, right. So while their instinct, because they think that I'm going to, if they, th if they think that I'm going to be burning in hell forever, obviously an instinct is that they would want to change my mind. I was able to convince them that they are probably not the person who's going to do it. Like that the best mm -hmm. thing that, that they can do for me is pray for me. And I know some atheists get upset or don't like when, when other people are like praying for them. It doesn't bother me if someone is praying for me. I think they're wasting time. I think they're talking to no one and that's fine. I don't, I don't say that to them because that's insulting. Um, right. But but I kind of convinced them that if I'm going to be argued back into it, it's probably not going to be a close family member or friend that's going to do that because there's too much emotional baggage there anyway. It's very hard to uh, win a rational argument with someone who's where your relationship's not built on that. So yeah. uh, the best thing they can do is pray for me. That's what they're doing. They're, they, they think that I'm going to come back one day and that this is just part of God's plan. And that's, that's great. I'm glad that they think that and if that if that actually happens i'm also open to that but um but yeah it's it's just it's it's serious and it's it's like being married or almost anything you know if a lot of relationships uh you have to choose them you have to act, have to actively choose to want to be in them anyway yeah so absolutely. that's just that's yeah. that's what happened and so but the people who you know it's pretty easy to fall away and from the people who, who you just share pews with you know, it's, it's, it sucks at the time because that's your largely is your social connection. But when you realize that really what we had in common was that we sang the same songs at the same time, you know, it, yeah, that makes total to, sense. Well, on a totally pretty, different pretty, vein, can I ask you another question? Sure. It's creaky. So, show, I, so it's up to him. I very frequently, um, talk with people about, uh, feeling like they have no direction in life and they will, point to people such as yourself and be like, you know, look what they do with their life and I'm doing nothing and it's just wasting. And is there anything that you would say to people who they look to you and as successful to them and they feel like they're just wasting their lives because they've not done what you've done? Uh, well, that's interesting because I, if the grass is always greener, right? I look at what I'm doing and I feel like I am wasting. I, I, I have people that I look to that are doing so much, what I feel like is so much more or so much better or so much like, oh, I'm, what am I doing? I'm making YouTube videos about, you know, topics. It doesn't feel like a lot. So the, that's always going to happen. You're always going to think that someone else is doing something more important. Um, mm. The other part of that, of course, is, you know, I've, I've had to learn that my value I, I used to think that my value came from being created in the image of God. So when that goes away, you have to come up with, well, what value is there in my life? Um, and 
I did learn, it took me a while to learn that it also wasn't in the, the value doesn't come from being productive and the value doesn't come from what other people think because that's fleeting and out of your own control. Um, and especially yeah. part of it, like when I, when I got cancer, um, you know, what I used to have my self-esteem largely on what can I accomplish? But if you need to take a couple of years out of your life to fight a disease, you sure don't feel like you're accomplishing anything. Yeah. And then, so for, for, for someone like me, that was very devastating, right? Cause my whole identity was, well, like I work on, I worked on star Wars, right? Like that's, yes. that was my identity. When you take that away, what am I? Nothing. Uh, so going back to what I was talking about before, we all get, it's when you come to realize, well, we all get one life when you realize that that's all there mm -hmm. is. And the number of days you get is the number of days you get. Then it, then it became more of, oh, the value is in the, is in having this experience primarily. And then also if you so choose, and there's no obligation to so choose, what do I want to pour back to help other people's experiences? Right. And so, yeah. um, uh, and, and I, I, unfortunately I feel like sometimes we maybe even put too much emphasis on the, you owe it to other people to, to pour back. You don't actually owe it to other people to pour back. Um, but there is a reward in, in doing that. So it's, mm -hmm. if you do, it is actually selfish in its own way. Right. Like, so for me, one of the things I, I, I would like, I wish someone had done this for me when I was younger, no one did. So, so I actually get a, if, I, if someone comes across my channel and it helps them figure things out, um, that that feels good to me. It feels it is its own reward. So that's one way to get a reward. But hiking up a top of a mountain by myself is also uh, its own reward. But what did that do for anybody else? Nothing. That didn't do right. anything for anyone else. It wasn't productive. Um, so you got to find whatever, whatever you find in your own way of doing things, I would say it's, you know, productivity isn't the be all and end all contribution to society is not measured there's no metric for it. <laughs> uh, right. Like, and like, let's say you, you're, uh, you're, you're the mother of one child, not, none of us are here are mothers, but you know, who's going to say that, that pouring their entire life into that one child is less productive than someone who speaks to a thousand people a week. Is that less productive? Oh, for no. sure. I, yeah. It's just I, a choice, I right? totally see that. Um, yeah. so it, but comparison is the easiest thing to do in the easiest way to feel terrible. And it is something I still struggle with. I struggle with it a lot, uh, com comparing lives and there's just not a lot good that comes from it. So stop comparing. And then, and basically what I try and deal with it is, 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 am I happier with myself today than I was yesterday? And if so, that's a win. Well, in the same uh, vein, if, if, yep. is there a piece of advice that you would give your younger self if you could? depends on how long I have to talk to that person because that person would have not really listened well, but I, I mean, I would love to have that person not trust authority if I could get them mm. to do Cause then I think that young Paul would have, if he could have just stopped trusting everything that everyone told them as true, could have figured this stuff out sooner on his own. Cause obviously I, I was able to figure it out later. So, but I was so yeah just, um, willing to, 
my my pastor studied all this and he knows it's true so why am i going to bother right so uh, that would be the, the message for my my young self if i had uh more time i would probably go into more detail but it would essentially come down to that well, thank you so much uh you You're you welcome. really expounded on i mean very concisely thank you i appreciate the call and that that's good to chat thank you tank mm -hmm. speak to you soon i'm jumping over to i am fantasia now i think she's fixed it i feel like i've stolen years. your show not at all not at all this is this is the show paul this is the show <laughs> okay I am Fantasia. Can you hear me now? Yes, I, <clears throat> yes, Creaky, I can. Yay! What was going on? You had some sort of audio issue, did you? Discord has been acting funny for a couple of us back in the green room. Yeah, don't tell anyone, but I absolutely hate Discord. It's a terrible way of doing this, but it's free. <laughs> what are you going to do? Exactly. You get what you exactly. pay for. Ex yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, fire away, I am, I am Fantasia. Say what you gotta say. Excellent. I have a joke. Oh. Yes. Um, and it's a kind of a spirit, an experiment between the sexes. So okay. if you guys, if the males get it right away, then please be honest. And if the females listening to this get it right away, please be honest. Men usually don't. So here's the joke. <clears throat> Two men walked into a bar. One says, ouch. I'm, I'm. <laughs> okay, yeah. think of a metal bar. I, th I, I, I think I get it. But yeah. yeah, men are stupid. I think is the takeaway. Two men walk into a metal bar. One says, ouch. All right. Two men walk into the bar. One says, ouch. Now I don't get it. It was still funny, but now I don't get it, I'm afraid. Okay, you're thinking of a physical bar with alcohol. I'm thinking of a metal bar that would be across your walking path. Yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah, I get but why that. would only one say, ouch? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering <laughs> as well. That's just the joke. And like I said, most women usually bust out laughing, and most men look at me with a puzzled expression and go, what? Oh. Because I still assumed curious. it was the alcohol bar, but that one of them was so drunk they literally just walked into it. That was my assumption. That's what Paul thought back in the green room, too. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm afraid. I, I, I laughed, and thank you very much for your joke, but I'm wondering now, did the side chat get it? Give me a thumbs up in the side chat if you got I Am Fantasia's joke. That would be interesting. Please comment yeah. and let me know if you're female or male and if you got it right away. Right. Now people one are trying for funny, to... Two for not funny. Yeah. yeah. People are trying to analyze it now by saying things like one of them must have been short enough to go under the bar. One was shorter than the other. There we are. Um, <laughs> yeah. People, people... Now we're puzzling as to why one said ouch and the other one didn't. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's where I went. Pain threshold. I'm I... not sure inebriation level higher pain threshold <laughs> okay but i will let you go i know this is wrapping up i just wanted to tell the joke okay take care appreciate you soon take care love bye. you both bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye um right we've had a couple of super chats come in Ooh, super chat. uh from okay. robert l has paul read phone brody's js bio i have not should i 
Should he, Robertel? Are you still here, Robertel? More importantly, because this super chat came in a while ago. Well, well, I, unfortunately, I, I can't comment on it because I've not read it. But if if it, let me know if I should avoid it or uh, run to it or yeah. neither. And we have another super chat Ooh, from super chat. Thank you. David Button. It's <laughs> an unfortunate uh, surname, anyway. <clears throat> Uh, the beginning of the the beginning of the end of religion for me was when I was kicked out of Bible Bible class for asking too many difficult questions. Mm. Thus, you one of the things I can remember from being in school, obviously being in Catholic school, was that if you asked anything that challenged, so it was a funny one because they they taught us science. Obviously, you know, I took chemistry, physics, biology. Um. But now that I'm in my adult life and doing what I do, I can't help but wonder, is my understanding of science as basic as it is because I was taught it badly at school, because I mm. went to a religious school? I, I, I'm not saying it's probably that I was, you know, not the best student, but, you know, the, the, there's a possibility that that contributed to it, surely. At least give me some form of hope. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I would totally agree, and I I, you know, I also I definitely was hindered, and that's one of yeah. the things that I regret is that I my science education was definitely hindered because it was had to be truncated in order to accept these. Yeah, other yeah, because so we would have, for example, a religious education class, and they were teaching us about Noah's Ark, and they were teaching us that you know God created the earth in six. Six days, seven. I, I can't even remember what it is. And then we'd leave that class and and we'd go to our next class, which was physics. And my physics teacher, Mr. Gao, was explaining to us that you know this happened thirty five million years ago. And and it's like, hang on a second. So in my last class, Earth was created six thousand years ago, or whatever it was. And in this class. Things were happening here 35 million years ago. It can't be both. Which one of you is a liar? <laughs> you know, and that's kind of that's kind of the way it used to make me feel, you know, when I was in school. And like I say, once I was a, an actual grown-up, it really didn't take me long to realize that I had been just being essentially lied to for most of my you know, well, all of my childhood, essentially, because I was probably, I probably still believed in God when I was 30. Right. I think I was 30, 33, Luminati confirmed, when my, <laughs> when my youngest son was born. And that was the definite switch off for me. Well, that's the, they always, that's the cognitive dissonance that I eventually got to. I, so this is where you and I depart. I didn't have that naturally. I had to get there much later. But then eventually it's, yeah, we're, I'm trying to hold two conflicting pieces of information as true at the same time. And, you know, and that that just, uh, your brain is not wired to to do that. So yeah. I, I, I envy people who are able to pick up on that much younger. And it sounds like yeah. you had a sense of it. You just didn't care enough to follow through. Yeah, and later. that's exactly what it was. I all even while I was at school, as I you know, as I just explained, I always had this sort of, you know, that doesn't sound right. But I'm twelve; it's not my place mm. to question it. Or I'm sixteen; you know, if I question it now, I'll get told off by my teacher for being, 
you know, insubordinate. So I just used to think it and not say it. But, you know, once you're a grown-up, you have to think for yourself. And your thoughts, well, in my case, led me to a, a much clearer place. Cheers. You know, it is what it is. Anyway, Paul, it's 9.30. I'm going to get yes. rid of this lot that are watching us and Perfect. talking amongst themselves in the side chat. Um have you got anything coming up that uh, you'd like to let uh, the viewers know about? Anything special happening on the channel? I know you said about starting a second channel uh, right at the beginning of the stream, but for all oh, those yeah, that were here. This Apology Alive will be starting up soon. Um, so if you if you want to get in on ground floor and subscribe to that so that you're there when it's when I start, that'd be great. Um, and But rather than... I have videos coming out every single week, but I'm actually particularly proud of the last one that just came out. So if you're not familiar with my channel, I recently uh, had uh, Dr. Bart Arman, a well-known New Testament scholar, on to refute uh, claims from Dr. Gary Habermas, who's a well, the world's best-known resurrection scholar. And, and to have to have a, created this thing, weird cartoon channel, where two of the best-known scholars in the world are duking it out on my platform is pretty strange. But uh, I'm really proud of that one. So if you're into resurrection apologetics, or if you, that kind of thing interests you, uh, check out the video I just put out a couple days ago. And you're muted. I mute. I I muted myself while I was telling mm. you that for some reason your sound cut out then. But anyway, perfect. Thank so you very much indeed for end, joining me. We're, we're not sticking the landing. That's no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's what people have come to expect from my channel. Perfect. So, uh, why? Wh who am I to disappoint them? Anyway, Paul, I will speak to you in a few minutes. I'm just going to uh, say goodbye to everybody. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you very much indeed to everybody that super chatted. I hope you enjoyed the conversation I've just had with Paul. Hope you enjoyed the questions. It was good fun. Um, I'm really enjoying this format. I know it's not for everybody, but just very quickly. Th this video will disappear once it's finished. That doesn't mean it's gone. It just means that I'm editing it to upload to the second channel, which I will do tomorrow. Um, go over there and subscribe. The channel is called There We Are Then. As you know, it's linked below, as is Paul's channel. I'm waffling. I've just noticed it's half past nine. I'm busting for a pee. My wife is probably wondering where I am. Love you. Bye. Bye.